We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. I like I just want to share with you today what God has placed on my heart. I heard a story some years ago about this guy that went, um, he had been saving his money and he had been seeing these cruise ships go by and he decided that one day he wanted to go on a cruise. So he worked hard, saved his money saved up enough to pay for him a five-day cruise. And the day came that he was able to actually go on his cruise. And when the time came, he packed himself packed himself a lunch, got him some cheese and some crackers, even packed a couple of cans of sardines to take on the cruise with him because he had spent all his money paying for the cruise, and he felt like, well, Once I get on this boat, I ain't going to have money to buy lunch and dinner and stuff, so I better take some stuff along with me so I can eat while I'm on the ship. And the first day of the cruise, he enjoyed just being out on the water, uh, enjoying the boat ride. And when it came time for meals, he didn't show up for for the meals. Cabin steward noticed that he didn't come out to eat when it was lunchtime. He didn't come out for supper. Uh, So he figured, well, this is his first day. Maybe he's okay. Second day comes around, and Cabin Stewart noticed that he didn't show up for meals the second day. Uh, So he stopped by the cabin. He saw him. He was sitting, (laughs) sitting on his bed eating cheese and crackers. And the Cabin Stewart said, well, why are you? sitting here in your room just eating cheese and crackers. And he told the cabin steward his story. He said, well, you know, he said, I saved all my money to pay for this cruise, and I really couldn't afford to be going out to these restaurants and stuff uh, and being able to eat like some of the other people on the ship. And the cabin steward said, "Uh, sir, didn't you know that when you paid for your ticket, all the meals was included? It's an all-inclusive cruise. Everything that you ever wanted to eat is included in the price of your ticket. And he had settled himself to eating cheese and crackers when his meals was already paid for. And the thing was, he just didn't know. He just didn't know. So look at your neighbor ask him, do you know? Uh, From Hosea chapter 6. And I'm just going to borrow the thought that comes from Hosea chapter 6. And I'm going to uh, go from there. Uh, And there's something incredible about the human mind. God has created us uh, so that we... uh, have the ability to adapt to certain things. And 
we, 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 we try to understand it, but we live life a lot of times on autopilot, so we don't really think about it. We just do it. Hosea chapter, chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 is where I want to borrow the topic. Uh, I'm old school, so those of you all that are reading electronically, I like King James. Now, I may use a little bit of the NIV, but I'm old school. I think I'm probably the oldest person in here. Uh, uh, Hosea chapter 4, I'm going to start reading at verse 1, and we're going to get down to verse 6. And Verse 1 says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. No truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwell therein shall languish. With the beasts of the field and with the fowls of the heavens, yea, the fish of the sea also shall be taken away. Yet let no man strive nor reprove another, for the people are as they that strive with the priests. Therefore shalt thou fall in the day. And the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. It was interesting to me that God being the sovereign God that he is, we know him as, you know, the all-powerful God. We've heard about him. But when I read verse 6, he said that my people, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, you would think that him being the all-powerful, almighty God would protect his people from being destroyed. I mean, God is a protector. We know him as a protector, but yet he said, my people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. Uh, when you stop and look at what was going on in Israel at the time, the people of God were being, they say, they was being uh, not being taught properly. And you have to understand that because the priests in those days didn't receive an inheritance like the rest of the people did. For those of you that have read the story, we know that the priesthood basically came from the Levites. 
they did not receive an inheritance like the rest of the people did. They was taken care of because there was a priest tribe. They was taken care of from the sacrifices from all the other tribes. So when people would make sacrifices, it would provide substance for the priests. So to them, the more people sinned, the better off the priest was because they had to make more sacrifice. So uh, they felt like, well, if you don't necessarily preach hard things to them, it basically gave more to the priest. So it's easily to generate wealth by not teaching things that the people did not want to hear anyway. You know, you hear about that today. You know, you hear people today. Uh, I don't want to pick at people. But it's very popular to teach a prosperity gospel. Uh, people find it uh, exciting to hear that God is going to supply your every need, name it and claim it. You know, you preach things that excite the people and, you know, if you sow a seed of $1,000, then God's going to bless you. And when people get excited, they get emotional, and they'll give you their last because they're excited about the promise of God. It's been going on for years. But God was having a problem with his people. He said they're being destroyed simply because they lack knowledge. And when you think of a person that lacked knowledge, if you were to call a person ignorant, they get upset with you. They feel like you are putting them down. But all ignorance is basically you don't know. And it, it, sometimes it ain't your fault that you don't know. You just don't know. You might find yourself taking cheese and crackers onto a cruise ship simply because you, you didn't know. You know, meals have been provided, but you didn't know. But he said, my people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, understand that for some of us, it's easier for us to not know. Because when you don't know, there's not much responsibility. Because when you know better, you are, <laughs> you got to do better. But sometimes, People don't want to know what the Bible said because they feel like it's, oh, that's old school stuff. But when you don't know the right way to do it, you have a tendency to come up with your own way of doing it. We live in a world now where there is no right and wrong. It's my way or your way. And if my way don't bother you, then ain't nothing wrong with it. Uh, but the word of God teaches us a little bit differently because since we are his people he is the one that makes the rules he's the one that establishes the way in Romans chapter 1 verse 28 it says and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge God gave them over to a reprobate mind 
to do those things which are not convenient. When you don't want to do it God's way, whose way are you going to choose to do it by? We go through life every day trying to figure out life. We say life is difficult, life is hard, life is challenging, but God is a God of systems. When God created the world and created us, he created the world with systems. Then he created us with systems. But we don't like systems because they lock us in. And most of the time, system works well if you work the system. If you think about it, when God created the world, he set the solar system in place, right? When he created man, he created the body with systems in it. You have a digestive. Everything works the way God ordained it to, or planned it to do as long as we work God's system. And you think about it. When you want to mess up a system, you throw something else into it that's not part of the system. You really want to mess up your digestive system, eat the wrong thing. And all of a sudden, stuff gets thrown off. Then you got to try to figure out a way to get your system back in order. They have things they call uh, system cleanse to try to get everything back on track. But God's way always works. We just have to learn to do it the way God said for us to do. So we have to stick to the system. But the verse says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. When you think of all the stuff that you've acquired as knowledge, we will go to school, we become educated in everything, but when it comes to learning about God, it's a challenge for us. We struggle with learning about God. And understand that in order for us to learn about God, to learn the character of God, we have to establish a relationship with God. Because when you Google God, you don't, you don't get to know God. It's a lot like we did with the great basketball player that just died. Everybody knew Kobe. Everybody was in love with Kobe, but they didn't really know Kobe. They knew he was a great basketball player, but beside basketball, they didn't know Kobe. But it broke their hearts when Kobe died, even though they didn't really know Kobe. And a lot of times, we go through life with superficial information. We live life that way, and all we learn is surface stuff. You know, as long as Kobe was able to score points, win games, we was fine with Kobe. And now, there's a great controversy out because somebody said something bad about Kobe. He did what they say he did. But you don't talk about that now because he did. When he was living, you could talk about it. But now that he did, don't be bad-mouthing Kobe. But they ain't really know 
Kobe. And we do God the same way. Everybody knows there is a God. We know of God. But to get to know God, you have to establish a relationship with God. Most of us know him as the sovereign God. He is the almighty God. But when you establish a relationship with God, you will find yourself going through situations that teaches you about the character of God. We know he is the creator. But if you ain't never been sick, if you ain't never been to a doctor and the doctor could not fix what was wrong with you, you don't really know God as a healer. But when you got something going on and you can't figure it out, and doctors let you know, well, I can give you something for the pain, but I can't fix the problem. And then you go to God and you say, well, God, I don't know how you pray it, but I pray it like this. God, you never made a body you could not heal. So I know if something's wrong with me, I got to bring it back to you. So whatever's going on in this body, I know that you are the one that's able to fix it. So I am believing that you're going to fix it. And I don't worry about it no more. Regardless of what it is, I just go on believing God's going to fix it. And sometimes when God is fixing it, he'll say, don't eat this. And I'm like, what's that got to do with anything? That's not going to fix the problem. But he'll say, don't eat this. And I find myself not eating it for a few days, and all of a sudden, the problem goes away. Well, did God fix it? He gave me the instructions necessary to fix the problem. And sometimes, he don't tell me what to do. Sometimes, it just goes away. I said, God, you can fix it. I'm trusting you to take care of it. And I leave it in God's hand. And I know that since God made this body, he is the only one that can really fix it. And sometimes when stuff goes wrong with us, we want to talk to God about it, but we don't really believe God's going to fix it. We'll pray about it and say, I hope God will do something or I hope God will fix it. But I've come to believe that If I delight myself in him, I can trust him to do whatever it is that needs to be done. Regardless of life situations, regardless of the conditions, I can trust God to take care of it. And I've come to know God as my healer. But if you ain't ever been sick, you you heard about it, but but you don't know. Or have you ever been in a situation where you was working hard? but you couldn't make ends meet. And you had more bills than you had money, but you was following the principles of God. God, I'm I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm, I'm, I'm following the principles, but I'm still struggling to make ends meet. But I got a problem, and I need you to fix it. And some... How just out of the blue, whatever that thing was that you needed, somebody just come up and hand it to you. And you're like, well, I didn't tell you I needed that. But somehow God laid it on somebody else's heart to make sure you had what you need. Or he brought somebody to you 
and you mentioned to them what your situation was, and they had an answer for your situation. You see, then you get to know God as a provider. And understand that when God provides for you, he provides the need. Sometimes we expect God to be a God of excess. But God teaches us to trust him every day. When children of Israel was traveling through the wilderness, when they got hungry, he gave them food for one day. All they had was food for one day. And he said, look, don't try to get none for tomorrow. You get what you need for today. And if they tried to save some for tomorrow, it would spoil overnight. However, when it came to the day before the Sabbath, they could get enough for two days and the same stuff would not spoil. But God taught them that I need you to trust me every day. So when God is teaching you how to trust him, he will provide what you need for today. And sometimes we, we, we don't like to have to get up every day and trust he's going to take care of us every day. We want to be able to look down the road and know that, you know, I ain't going to have to worry about this tomorrow. You don't have to worry about it today. You just have to trust God today. And when you trust God, you got to learn to do whatever God tells you to do. Now, for those men in the house, you have a unique position in life. And it's a God-given position. You can't avoid it. You can't get away from it. You can't undo it. But it's just the way God created it. When you look at how God set up his world, there is God, there is the angels, and then there's man. God, the angels, and man. I believe that our role as men is to be priests, protector, provider. Priests, protector, provider. God, angels, man. The highest authority on earth is going to be man. There is nothing that will happen in your life as a man that you and God cannot handle. Let me say that again. There is nothing that will happen in your life that you and God cannot handle. How many of you believe what the word of God says? Let me say that again. If you believe what the word says, raise your hand. Okay, okay. Now, now we're good. The word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Let me say that again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if that, if the word of God is right, it says, I first, me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means I may not know how to do it today, but I have a God that I can go to. Now, I might need another brother's help to get it done, but he will direct me into the direction I need to go in order to figure out what I need to do in order to accomplish what I need to get done. I don't care who you are, what your situation is. When you serve the true and living God, he is always present. He promised he would never leave you. And regardless of what it looks like, he will never forsake you. But you have to trust him enough to say, okay, God, I don't know what to do. But I believe you're going to direct me in the path that I should go. The scripture says a, a good man's steps are ordered by God, right? But you got to trust God enough to follow his lead. And most of the time, our finite mind going to see God's lead as being strange, to say the least. Because God tell you to do some stuff that don't make no sense. He'll tell you to build a boat in the middle of dry land and ain't no water nowhere around you. And you got to figure out, okay, God, why am I building this big old boat right here? Because it's going to rain one day. Noah said, well, God said build it, so I'm going to build it right here. And build it the way God tells you to do it. It don't make sense sometimes, but you got to follow his lead. And when you choose to follow God's lead, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what it feels like, regardless of what other people say about you, you will find that it will work out for your good. When God tells you to do stuff, you got to stop and say, okay, God, I don't understand it, but I believe it, and I'm going to trust you to follow your lead. And he will tell you some crazy stuff. One time he told a man to stay on the boat even though the boat's going to be destroyed. He said, I'm going to, this whole ship is going to be destroyed, but you got to stay with it. Now, God, you just said this thing going to be destroyed. Why would I stay on something that I know is getting ready to be destroyed? And yes, it was destroyed with them on it. But not one person was lost because when it was broken apart, they was able to come in on the broken parts of the ship. So understand that when God starts to speak to you, it's not going to be like this great voice out of the clouds you hear. It's going to be either a, a strong inclination in your heart 
or something that he will place in your mind that only you can hear. But you got to establish that kind of relationship with God to where you can listen to his voice. It's not an event. It's a process. And notice that God will lead and guide you in the direction that you can go. There is nothing in life that you will experience that you and God cannot handle. But you have to be willing to get to know God for yourself. And understand that as you get to know the characteristics of God, one, you get to know him as a healer, you get to know him as a provider, and you'll get to know him as a protector. Sometimes when God is protecting us, we think that he will keep us from going through some stuff. Because, you know, when you've been, you know how you get when you've been living saved, for real? When you've given up the world and all of its habits and all of its lures. When you've given up all that stuff, you feel like, well, I'm supposed to be able to sail on smooth seas now. But the reality is, you might find yourself in the lion's den. You might find yourself in a furnace that's been heated seven times high. But God said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So even though you may have to go into it, God has promised he'll bring you through it. And sometimes God will bring you through stuff just to teach you that you can trust him. And I believe it was Daniel that says, the people that know their God, they will be strong and do exploits. But you can only do this when you know your God and know that he is a God of his word. It's not that God don't lie. God cannot lie. So when God speak a thing, it has to become what he said it was. So when God said it, he said, look, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. David said he's a very present help in the time of trouble. So the God that we serve is always present. He's always able and he is willing. And we got to understand that if God allows you to go through something, he has a purpose for it. The problem is when we choose to do it on our own, we choose to ignore God and do our own thing. Then we have to suffer what we go through simply because we took God out. Now, God is a gentleman God. He, won't, he don't make you follow him. He allow you to follow him. And when you choose to do it your way, then you've excluded God from what you're doing then it's not on God if it fails. But when you choose to follow his instructions, know that God will take care of you, regardless of what it looks like in life. And you got to understand that time does not control God. Deadlines don't bother God. 
the enemy will put pressure on you based on the little information that you have. And he cannot make things happen. All he can do is send darts at your mind. He sends little thoughts and ideas to you, and you have to decide whether or not you're going to act on those or cast them down. Now, if you know the character of God, if you know the will of God, if you know the word of God, you can combat the things that the enemy throws at you. And you got to understand that it is God's desire for you to know him. And in order for you to get to know him, you have to allow God to reveal himself to you in certain kinds of ways. When you're going through life, God will reveal himself in such a way that you cannot miss it. He will reveal himself in such a way that you cannot miss it. Notice I said he will reveal himself in such a way that you cannot miss it. You remember when Abraham was about to offer his son Isaac for sacrifice? He had, he had taken his son to the place where God had instructed him to go. He had prepared the altar for his son to be offered on and prepared his son for the sacrifice. And he was willing to slay his son if that's what God required. His son looked at him and said, you know, I, I see the wood. I see the altar, but where is the sacrifice? Now, Abraham, knowing the God that he served, he said, God will provide for himself a lamb. God will provide for himself a lamb. What is that saying to us today? That what God requires of you, he will provide for himself. He don't ask you for what he didn't give you. He will provide for himself what he has given you to give back to him. And when Abraham drew back his hand to slay his son, that was when God called to him to let him know that there was a ram caught in the thicket. God had already provided what he needed, but he had to teach Abraham how to trust him. And sometimes when you're going through life, he will bring you to the brink just to teach you that I got you. But you got to trust him enough to follow his lead. As you establish your relationship with God, you can't base it on my relationship. You can learn from my experience, but when God speaks to you, he speaks to you alone. And sometimes what God will say to me ain't the same thing that he said to you. When you go through school, you go through various classes. You can be an A student in math, you can be an A student in English. 
And you can have all these accolades in those areas. But if you don't pass the rest of your stuff, you'll be in the same grade next year. And sometimes we trust God in certain areas of our life. You know, I'll trust God. I'll even trust him with my finances. You know, I'll trust him on my job. I'll even trust God with my health. But when it comes to my relationship, God, I got this. And then when stuff starts to fall apart, we wonder why God won't fix it. And God said, wait a minute, I gave you instruction. But you chose not to follow the instruction that I gave. And now it's falling apart. Perfect example. When people get, choose to get married, and I'm, 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 I'm coming to the close. They, the, the scripture says, they shall be no more twain but one. No more two, but one. There shall be no more two, but one. Right? Society teaches that you don't want to lose your identity. You want to always maintain your identity. So you want to continue to be you. He continued to be him. And we do this together. My car, your car. My check, your check. My bills, your bills. My friends, your friends. No more twain, but one. My philosophy is your bills is my bills. Your car is my car. Your check Notice I said my philosophy, right? Your check is our check. Notice I didn't say my check, right? Your check is our check because my role is still priest, protector, provider. Thank you for your help. I appreciate your help, but it's still my responsibility. However, you got to be willing to live at the level that I can provide. Now, here's the problem. I can only provide at, let's say, a $50,000 level. Right? That's the best I can do. But you want to live at a $75,000 level. 
I don't have a problem with us living at a $75,000 level, but somebody got to pick up. You know, I'm just saying. And since we are no more two but one, You understand what I'm saying? That, did that make any sense to anybody? Now, I, 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 I didn't go to God and say, God, help me make another 25 because she want to live at 75. I didn't do that. Because sometimes the talent and ability that God has given me don't allow me to get to 75. Now, some people say, well, you need to go out and get... A second job. Second job means no time at home. And a girl still need what a man that's gone can't do. And I'm going to leave that right there. Nights get lonely when you ain't home. You can only watch so much TV. But my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Many of relationships have been destroyed trying to keep up with the Joneses. You say God will supply your every need. You need to make $25,000 more. No, that's not a need. That is your desire. And understand that what is really important anyway? When you start choosing, chasing things in life that really adds no value to life, you'll find yourself getting yourself in situations where you're praying that God will get you out of stuff that you created. Don't allow the enemy to take you places that God never ordained for you to go. And realize that if you choose to walk with God and choose to allow him to order your steps on a day-to-day basis, the quality of life that you live will bring glory to God. And understand that that your happiest place in life you will find when you have done the things that God ordained you to do, you feel fulfilled the purpose that God has given you and you are confident that, God, I've done what you told me to do. There's a joy that comes along with that. My life's goal as a young man was to live a life that's pleasing in the sight of God and to be the best husband and father that I could possibly be. And now that I've gotten to the late fall years of life, I haven't reached winter yet, 
But I've gotten to the fall years of life. I can look back over life and say, God, I thank you for the life you gave me. I can see the seeds that have sprouted up and produced an incredible harvest because I chose to do the things that God told me to do. Did I make some mistakes along the way? Many of them. Did I do some things that I should not have done? So many times. But I never lost faith in God. I never stopped knowing that the God that I serve is able and he will take care of me. And the thing is, if he take care of me, he'll take care of mine. If he take care of me, he'll take care of mine. That means he'll take care of my children and everything that he have entrusted in my hands, he'll take care of. And know that when you know that you serve the true and living God, there's nothing in life that you're not going to be able to handle. I don't care how difficult it may be. God will take care of you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, those that know their God will be strong and do exploits. Do you know him? Let us know. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.